You're listening to the podcast of Always Forward, the church planting initiative of the Anglican Church in North America, helping plant gospel-centered, sacramental, missional churches. For more information and resources, please visit always-forward.com. Hey, church planters, Ken and Dan here again with another episode of the Always Forward podcast and um, broadcasting to you from our uh, our quarantined house here in uh, in North Carolina, where we are, uh, we're trying to support church planters while not leaving the house. Uh, so, and I'm sure that you are listening to this in your house somewhere as well, where you are probably on lockdown as well. It is, these are strange times that we're in. And, uh, and as we have said in previous uh, episodes as well. We know that these strange times have specific and unique impacts on you in your church planting work. And so um, as we have, as as we with the Always Forward team have, have been praying and searching for how do we best support you, uh, one of the things that, that is heavy on my heart and that I've, I've observed from just interacting with many of you uh, church planters as well is I think in the midst of this, there's a there's a significant amount of anxiety. There's just the 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 uncertainty of the future, the the wondering about finances, the uh, the the figuring out all the practical strategies and all the preparation you've done. You probably didn't put in a a, a pandemic contingency plan, um, and so uh, so your um, your strategies are all thrown off and. And there's a there's a bit of confusion and anxiety and, and even depression that can seep into this as well. And so I uh, I called my friend Karen uh, Karen Miller and uh, Karen is a licensed therapist and she is also uh, an ordained uh, rector in the Anglican Church as well. And she has been an executive pastor and is an executive pastor and has worked with church planters for over 20 years and has coached church planters. And so she's. She brings a lot to the table to be able to to talk about mental health and how do we stay healthy in the midst of uh, of of this sort of chaotic time. So, um, so Karen, welcome to the Always Forward podcast. I'm so thankful you. you would be here good to, doing this. Good to be with you, Dan, again, even though we're in different states. Yeah, <laughs> Karen. Now, I don't know if you re- I don't know if you remember this uh, or not, but a number of years ago, we held the Anglican 1000 event in uh, uh, in in Wheaton, and you were a big help in in, in organizing oh, yeah. that as well. And we sent a lot of emails back and forth. And for a while, my when I typed in Karen in my email um, uh, uh, in the address, your your email was the default that would come up. The problem is, is that my wife's name is Karen. And so like if I was, if I was sending my, in my, my wife an email to say, Hey, I love you. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Yes. Sometimes go to you. And so I had to to write an email and say, Karen, uh, just let you know, I do love you. And I do hope you have, (laughs) Um, but these sweet messages I'm sending actually are accidentally going to you at the same time. That's right. Well, I do. I do remember working with you. You were a great partner during that time. And I was actually, that was when I was executive pastor at the church in the area right. we were doing it. So that's right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, well, and I just have such a passion uh, for you church planters. Um, as Dan said, I do do coaching and I coach with church planters a lot. Um, I coach with church planting staffs, different ones um, as you start to grow. Some of you are the staff, 
So um, I just really have a passion and know that these are times that, as Dan said, you haven't planned into your mm -hmm. life or budget. Yes. So. And, and I will give an unsolicited mm -hmm. plug uh, as well that, uh, that to learn more about Karen's um, ministry and coaching and to reach out for help and such as well, you can go to strengthenyourleadership.com, strengthenyourleadership.com and find out more about Karen and what she's doing and reach out to her. And Karen, you actually have a, um, a, a particular offer that you are, that you're offering right now as well. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yes, because I really have a heart for the church planters. Um, my fee is usually $100, which if you ever priced out coaches is a good deal. But for church planters, I'm, I am offering $60 rate, and that's for an hour. Mm -hmm. And so just I just listen to you and help guide you as mm -hmm. you're dealing with all the different things you have on your plate. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Um, well, thank you for supporting our planters that way. And so um, strengthenyourleadership.com, you can find out more about Karen. So, so Karen, as we're talking about, um, as we're talking about mental health within, within church planting, um, uh, for church planters specifically, uh, th this is my, my personal theory, and I'm no, uh, I'm not a licensed therapist, so you can push back on me if, uh, if <laughs> you feel like you need to, but I, I think sure. there's a lot of undiagnosed uh, anxiety and depression within church planters. Just it's part of the, the risky nature of the work. Um, uh, and, and I think also part of the personality that church planters tend to be, I'm going to put my head down and just run right. through things. Um, and, uh, and so we don't even notice sometimes until we fall over uh, that, oh, maybe I wasn't as healthy as I thought. So could you help outline a little bit of what are some of the signs of sort of creeping anxiety or depression that, that we need to be on the lookout for, particularly during this, this time that we're in? Right. Yes. <clears throat> and one of the things a lot of people don't realize is they're like, well, I've never had depression or I don't have depression. But one of the things you have to realize is that when you're under a lot of the stress, like the church planters are, like you as a church planter, you're under constant stress. Mm. Finances, if you have a family, trying to balance family. If you're single, trying to make sure you stay in relationships. And so what happens is when you're under a constant stress, the serotonin in your brain can drop. And you don't even realize it. And when that serotonin drops, you can't, you cannot just pull up your bootstraps. And that's a real misunderstanding for people about depression and anxiety is that if I just work a little harder, spend a little more time with the Lord, you know, all these things that it'll get better. Um, and so one of the things I've found when I'm working with people is that if you don't seek some help for that, you can just continue to deplete that serotonin. But some of the signs to look for for depression are just feelings of sadness, um, particularly when you get to a place where you feel hopeless. When I'm talking to someone that they've gone from having a lot of hope to pretty hopeless, that's a sign um, that you wanna pay attention. You have more angry outbursts, you're more irritable than you usually are, like you're just like, I don't know why I'm so irritable. Um, loss of interest and pleasure of things that you used to enjoy, uh, really sleep disturbances. I mean, people are like, well, under stress, I can have a sleep, um, you know, interruptions, but it's just constant sleep. Where also, if you're not sleeping there again, that affects your serotonin. Um, just lack of energy, tiredness. 
um, <clears throat> some people say to me, well, how do I know when it's a problem? You know, everybody's sad right now. Everybody's depressed. And I'm like, well, it becomes a problem when your spouse, friend, or relative tells you it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. And it also is a problem when you really know that it becomes a problem. Yeah. Um, and so, and then with anxiety, that's just a heightened nervousness, panic. Um, you feel restless and tense. Uh, this is a hard one because you have this sense of impending danger, but of course we're living in a time of that. Right. But to pay attention to it where it goes into a complete doom, mm. like you just think everything. Um, you have an increased heart rate, the breathing rapidly, sweating, um, trembling. So you really want to, there again, trouble sleeping. So, and lots of worry. You can't even control it. So you really want to watch for these signs. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I know that, um, uh, and this is something that I've been honest with in our, in our training <laughs> times as well that we've done, because my passion is, is, is for the health of the church planter in this process as well. And I've, I've been a church planter now for almost 20 years and, and have experienced the ups and downs of this. And, uh, and there was a, there was a time uh, a few years ago when I was, I was planting um, uh, locally and I was doing work in other places and we had some major crises in the local plant and some financial things and such as well where um, where anxiety just crippled me for for a season and I went and talked to the doctor about it and uh, and he he uh, helped me work through some strategies for that um, but then also put me on uh, a low dose of Lexapro as well that just helps helps just kind of even things out. Um, and so things don't peak as much as they have. And I've, and I've stayed on that since then. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm in a much healthier place now than mm -hmm. I, than I was then. But, uh, um, but I think in the church planning world, sometimes there can be a bit of a, of a, a bootstrap mentality and, yes. uh, in that there, some of that can kind of be stigmatized mm -hmm. as well. And, um, do you have any counsel or advice on that of just when this starts to become a problem, when people need to, to reach out, um, counselors or doctors, et cetera? Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that honest story, Dan. And um, I think that it becomes a problem that you need to reach out, as I said, when you just, like you can't get out of bed or you just can't get that sermon written or you just can't even you know, kind of put your foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And I think there's still, Dan, uh, just a stigma among the Christian community. Mm -hmm. And I think it's better now, but people are like, if I have to go on a medication, there's something, I don't have enough faith in God. Right. And so one of the things is just to realize, well, and I say this to people, that if you were diabetic or your wife was diabetic, would you put her on insulin? Well, of course yeah. I would. Well, yep. you have a physical, it's a physical reaction mm -hmm. that people don't understand. So sometimes just helping people to understand that it is a physical reaction mm -hmm. along with the, you know, the challenges of the depression or anxiety. And what I talk about is that you can't really do good work until you raise that floor, we call mm -hmm. it, so that you can actually then deal with the emotional and mental health things that are going with it. So. You can keep trying to pull your bootstraps up, but mm -hmm. when you just find that's not helping, and so you have to really give yourself grace because God gives us a lot of grace, yeah. and he's provided these um, medicines for us. 
Yeah. And one of the pe things I encourage people is to first go to your doctor who knows you um, and to talk about it. And then if um, you think you really need more help, then to go to a psychiatrist. It's just kind of like anything. If your wife's going to have a baby, you prefer she go to an OB rather than just your general doctor um, to have your baby. Yeah, that's 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 so important. I, um, th that's what changed my mind when uh, when at first the doctor said to me, "Hey, I think it'd be good for you for uh, to to put you on Lexapro for for a while." Um, and I went, "No, like I." I'm going to resist all that. And he said the same thing to me. He was a, he was a good Christian doctor as well. And, and, and he said the same thing to me. He said, Dan, if, um, if, uh, if you had, if you had another sickness that a medicine would help cure, wouldn't you take that? Um, you're, and so yeah. this, so he talked to me about the chemicals and such. And he said, you, he, he used the same words you just heard. He said, he said, you can't bootstrap yourself out of this. Your body's just off kilter and we need to get those, those, levels back on uh, back on track. So that's right. just so so important. And now, you know, we're not saying that if you're feeling anxiety and depression, that you immediately have to run out and get medication. That's not what right. we're saying either. What, no. what are some of the other strategies? Um, um, uh, before even talking to your medical professional, what are some of the other uh, practical strategies that we can bring into place to help combat anxiety and depression? Well, I think, um, you know, and that's what your doctor would first tell you, is to get good sleep, you know, really try to get yourself back on a rhythm of sleep. Do some research about sleep even. How do you have sleep patterns? Um, my husband uh, has been dealing with some sleep issues. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's last year. And, but one of the things I was observing is what he was doing before he went to bed. And so, you know, reading a lot about COVID, he's been trying to really work with how we keep the church going. And so I finally said to him, you know, let's work on our sleep habits before bed. So all email, laptop, everything's done at 7.30. Start to read a book that you like. Um, just really start to unwind. And so just start putting some good sleep patterns in. If you start sleeping well, that may help uh, the day go better. Mm -hmm. If you're not able to do that, then you probably do have something going on. Um, Exercise, I mean, that's a, a no-brainer, but I know in these times when we're isolated, it's really hard to do that. Um, I was in the midst of physical therapy, and that has all been shut down, so I have to be very diligent and disciplined to do it at home, or I start to have a lot of back pain, which I've experienced. So how can you continue to exercise? Take your long walks. We are allowed to go out and walk. Um, and how can you keep that? And then, of course, eating. Um, I think one of the other things emotionally and spiritually that I'm finding a lot of people are dealing with is grief. A lot of people have not named grief as part of this process. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of grief. There's grief about us, I mean, as Americans particularly, but as humans, we want to be in control of everything. So we have grief about those things we can't do anymore. We have grief about, is this church plant going to make it or not? We have grief about, maybe you know someone that has COVID-19 and you can't go visit them because the hospitals only allow the, per the patient. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things I've encouraged uh, some of my clients um, and church planters is to go back to the Psalms of Lament. 
um, and just really lament before the Lord mm. and try to kind of deal with that uh, as far as just really facing into that grief. Yeah. So I think those are a few things people can do to see if yeah. it gets better. Yeah. Well, well, it seems like, I mean, one of the things that you're saying is that we need to be proactive in this because it's easy to sort of feel like anxiety and depression is kind of a wave that washes over you and there's nothing you can do about it. But, but, but we can resist. I mean, we can, even though, uh, again, we can't, we just said we can't bootstrap ourselves through this, but at the same time, there are strategies that we can engage to try to, um, uh, help, help, uh, practice a healthier mindset, uh, as well. So there's some proactivity involved in it. Intentionality. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, and then if you feel like those things you've put in place are not working, then please go talk with your doctor. And um, what um, are there from, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Psalms of Lament. Are there, are there other places from a spiritual perspective as well, um, other disciplines, other, uh, other resources that, that you could recommend of how we process through depression and anxiety and such from a liturgical or scriptural standpoint as well? Well, I think one of the things is that um, it's really important to stay connected to the Lord. We're there again, seems like a no brainer, but when we're dealing with just kind of all the stress that's going on, sometimes it's difficult to keep that discipline in place. And especially many of you all of a sudden have children at home because, mm-hmm. and you're homeschooling and many have their spouse now at home and your home is your home office. So I've talked to church planters who this has become a really difficult thing. Uh, one church uh, planter guy told me that he now has to get up at 5 a.m. Um, to do his morning prayer. And that as he does that, he finds it really helps him through the day. He finds about three o'clock, he's tired and his kids are like, dad. But um, he does find that he that really is a help to him. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that at the end of the day, I have found, because I am working with um, a lot of people dealing with anxiety, trying to figure out if they're depression, also just all the decisions that leaders, uh, church planters need to make for their church. Do we do Zoom? Do we do still, you know, how, how do we keep this thing going? Um, and so at the end of the day, they, I don't, um, there's a, Ignatian talks about consolation and desolation. And so it's really important, the consolation of those things that felt life-giving and that you're really grateful for. So basically, sit down and either journal it, or if you're not a journaler, just sit and just for a few minutes, just thank the Lord for what went well that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other side of that is the desolations. These are my anxieties. These are the things that I'm still feeling um, anxious about. And this is a person I'm really caring. I try to hand those people to the Lord because he really is the ultimate shepherd, as we know. But I've had to be reminded of that myself, because we can get to where we really carry, um, carry people. That's why we're, that's why we're pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really important. And I think, too, for those who um, are church planting, most of you probably have your newsletters, your prayer letters. Um, make sure you're really in contact with your prayer intercessors. Just be updating them, you know, at least once a week. 
about how they can be praying for you. Um, and I just think that the prayers of the people really mm -hmm. carry us through difficult times. For sure. Yeah. You know, I, I've found one of the practices that's helped me during this time is, is, is kind of a contemplative practice at the end yes. of the day to take, to take all of those things that you just mentioned, all of the logistical decisions and financial worries and everything else. And I've just kind of processed through them. I actually picture myself kind of putting them in a box and, and putting them at the foot of the mm -hmm. cross and just saying, I've yes. got to, I can't hold this anymore. I just can't, I just right. can't, uh, I just can't keep it. I've got to give that away. And that's been really helpful to sort of prayerfully, not just say, Jesus, take this for me, but, but prayerfully picture putting it down, putting it away, giving Absolutely. it away, trusting yes. it to the Lord. Yes. The, also, you can... Um, I also have, I think we forget sometimes as Christians that we can pray for hope, mm -hmm. you know, faith, hope, and love are those gifts. And so I found that um, encouraging people to really just pray for hope, even mm -hmm. if you don't have much, because God does want to answer your prayer in giving you hope. And yeah. so not, not to forget to pray for that wisdom and hope. That's a great idea, Dan, the more, because some people are even more visual and Mm -hmm. um, to just put that in a box. Yeah. You know, I, I think you mentioned too, um, the, the, uh, some new rhythms that we might need to, to adopt of, um, of uh, you talk to a church planter who's getting up extra early before his kids get up and such as well. You know, for me, one of the things that I've found, and maybe you can speak into this as well is, you know, there's, there seems to be with all of the news and all of the, and all of the, uh, the sort of domino effect of the pandemic, the, the political, economic, all of the other aspects of it, that there's kind of a, um, there's sort of a mid-grade anxiety that mm -hmm. is is sort of burning in all of us. Uh, you know, if you look at it from kind of a tachometer standpoint of your your RPMs are, are, are up right. anyway, and that it doesn't right. take that much, it's smaller things then can kind of push us in the red. Like you said, of just become more irritable about things you necessarily shouldn't have kind of popped off on before, push you right. into the red a little bit faster. Um, but, but part of what I've found in that is that I've had to adopt some new rhythms just in creating content and things like that, where there's long periods of concentration are a little harder right now. And so I've had to take, take some more breaks in that or, or, or schedule chunks and then go for a walk or whatever else that it is, just because it, it, uh, it it's harder to keep all of those things at bay, to focus on what we need to focus on, and then eventually those, the cares and worries right now sort of creep back in and it's exhausting to, to keep fighting that. Um, but to take some breaks, develop some new rhythms. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that I, in, for, at first I couldn't figure out exactly why that was going on that way. Like why, mm. why am I having this trouble? But I guess mm -hmm. anxiety can affect our concentration and such as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's another sign too, but that's, a normal sign, I think, for most people right now is that the concentration is harder. Yeah. And that you just have to, as Dan said, uh, as you said, to go take a break, take a walk, take a nap if you have to, um, just to kind of clear, clear your mind. And make sure that you watch how much you're watching the news, especially at night, um, because it can be anxiety producing. Mm as well you need enough information to stay ahead of the well stay with the curve i guess right now right. um but not too overwhelming yeah no that's good 
So an intentionality about our information intake. Uh, yes. as well. mm-hmm. no, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, what about, uh, can you speak a little bit to, I mean, we're talking to church planters about the, to how do they maintain their own health. They're, uh, depending on what stage of planting they're in, they might only have a small group of folks or no folks or a larger group of folks. Can, can you give any counselor advice on how can they minister to their people who are also experiencing this anxiety as well? What's their role as, as priest, pastor, planter in serving the people under their care right now? Right. Well, I think it goes back to the intentionality that we talked about earlier, Dan, that you need to be even more intentional about your own anxiety. That the best thing you can bring to your people, no matter how many, is your presence and also your peace. Um, and, and your honesty doesn't mean you can't share with people that you're not dealing with anxiety. Um, but I think part of the intentionality may be that you do need to spend even more time with the Lord. I've had many church planters say to me, yeah, but my people aren't paying me time to be with the Lord. And I'm like, but they're paying you as their pastor. Yeah, yeah. And as a pastor, I would hope that they want you to be with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, like you said, make sure that you're taking um, intentionality towards that time with the Lord. Um, Friedman, he's an author that talks about bringing non-anxious presence to people. Mm-hmm. And so I think in this time, um, I know I have to take a little more time um, than I normally would to make sure that I'm refreshing myself. So trying to find those things that would help you refresh. But the other practical ways is um, Zoom. Uh, I never thought that I would like Zoom that much, yeah. but um, I have Zoomed with uh, parishioners as church planters. You can make sure that you are texting. Um, I find the millennials prefer texting almost over a phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a baby boomer. So <laughs> that's something I've actually had to learn uh-huh. that it's okay. And also phone calls. And we found that people are really appreciating it. And it doesn't matter how many people you have. Um, they still appreciate the personal touch. The other thing too, is try to be normal with what you've already been developing. If you have a service each week, try to figure out how to still do it. Um, through Zoom or Facebook live stream. Um, If you are just starting, there's one woman I was talking to last week and they have just started. They have a very small, just kind of the core, about 10 people with evening prayer. And she was kind of like, well, should I stop the church plan and start over again? And I'm like, no, keep keep what you have. You're Mm -hmm. just gonna have to not have the meal beforehand, but Mm -hmm. do the evening prayer through Zoom or online or somehow mm-hmm. um, keeping the connection with the people that you have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let, let me let me back up to one of the things you said um, real quick. Of, uh, I, I love the phrase non-anxious presence. I, I I love that because there is a consistency in that, and there is a there's a there's a stability in that. How do, what's your recommendation for how do we balance being a non-anxious presence while also sort of being vulnerable and honest to the degree that, that uh, to, in a, to the appropriate degree that we can with our people of letting them know, Hey, I'm, I'm confident and, and I can be a leader in this. Um, but at the same time, I am also feeling anxiety as well. Cause we don't want to just fake it and go, Hey, I'm fine. Just be like me because yeah. that even, even Paul doesn't say that. I mean, Paul confesses his anxieties in Corinthians about his anxiety for the welfare of the churches, you know? And so 
can you give some counsel to church planters who might be struggling with that of when am I vulnerable and honest and, and when do I have to kind of show a more non-anxious presence? Yeah, that's a great question, Dan. Um, I think part of it is knowing your people also um, as you're getting to know them. If you have someone who's a little more vulnerable themselves, um, you might not share with them as deeply as you would with like a friend or a fellow pastor in the sense of um, they're not a place to dump all your anxiety on. Um, but it's okay to say, yeah, I also am feeling anxiety about this situation. Um, nobody wants a fake pastor or a pastor that doesn't deal with true emotions. Um, and I think part of it is, is making sure that you are doing your work somewhere else that your parishioners aren't the place that you do kind of all of your emotional work, mm -hmm. that we really are there to help them. But also, um, as you said, Dan, it's important to be honest that I'm also struggling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, as, we, as we're kind of coming to the end of our time together, is there, is there anything that you just want church planters to hear as, as, uh, as there are, um, we have a gift in this podcast that there are church planters really all over the world who tune into this time. Is there anything that you'd kind of like to leave them with as they are struggling with their own uh, mental health in this as well? And as they are looking at leading their people, what are, what's, what are kind of some final wrap up thoughts that you'd like them to hear? Well, I think a couple of things is um, really stay connected to a coach or spiritual director. Um, I think that if you don't have one, to please find one. Um, I, I personally um, find that part of my practice is I do the leadership kind of skill. How do I keep this church plant going? And then also the growing of the soul. I do that together. And one of the reasons I've been doing that is because for the last 20 years, I had a spiritual director and a coach, and I at times wished it was the same person. So I'm actually trying that, and um, people have found that they really appreciate kind of the two-in-one. Um, but to stay connected to, to your friends, I mean, even through Zoom, um, my husband and I last week, we were supposed to get together with some friends for dinner. We couldn't. And then I was like, well, what's the four of us Zoom? And it wasn't as sweet as sitting down and having dinner. But mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I walked away from the phone call just filled mm -hmm. um, because these are good friends. So take advantage of the Zoom, the phone calls with your friends, with your coaches and your mentors um, and other church planters. I'm so thankful that ACNA and you, Dan, in particular, and your group are providing these resources for our church planters because the church planting is very isolating. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that is causing the anxiety and depression is that um, we already felt isolated as church planters, and now we're really isolated. Mm -hmm. So as much as you can stay connected to your parishioners, stay connected to your mentors, stay connected to your um, friends to do that. If you're a church planter that just moved and you don't have a lot of friends, don't give the friends from where you came from. Mm -hmm. And um, I find, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how to do this. And most people really appreciate just even kind of a friend visit. Um, and that's important in staying yeah. connected with your friends, like I said. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. And if you know other church planters, yes, um, absolutely. connect with them. Uh, I mean, just call them, see how they're doing or text them or whatever else, um, just to be connected with that. Um, and so, well, Karen, I, I'm very thankful that you would share your time with us today. And, uh, and these are very helpful uh, resources. And I do want to, again, encourage you guys uh, as you're uh, as you're listening, strengthenyourleadership.com is where you can get in touch with Karen as well and, uh, and even work through coaching with, with her uh, and some uh, strategy sessions and such. Also, um, I do want to highlight some of the other resources that we, that we have for you with Always Forward. If you go to always-forward.com, you'll see right on the homepage there a button to press for more COVID-19 resources where we are we have put a page up there that we are curating um uh, and creating content there for you. Uh, and, uh, and so you can visit there. There's a little video message from me trying to encourage you some on there. But then there's, you'll also see on that page uh, an email address, corona.help at always-forward.com. Uh, and that email address goes directly to me. Uh, and so when, when, if there are things that you need to work through, that you need to reach out for help, if there are resources that you're looking for, um, I, I'm monitoring that that email address, and then I can get my team on, and I can reach out to our other resources to try to be able to help. Um, uh, and so that that uh, that is there for you as well. Um, we are uh, Molly Ruck, the um, the managing director of the Titus Institute, and I will be doing. Uh, we did a Facebook Live session. Uh, last week, and we'll be doing that again this upcoming Thursday afternoon. And so you can uh, look on Facebook and, and join us as a part of that. And that's a place where you can uh, where you can interact with us as well. The the main thing that we want you to hear, as we have said with Always Forward from the very beginning, um, uh, and uh, even before any of this virus stuff was around, is that our our number one concern for you is is that is that you would know that you are not alone, and you are not alone in this work and you are not alone right now and in the midst of all of the other things that uh that that are happening there are many people who are intentionally praying for you and thinking about you and want to be here for you so you are not alone in this work so reach out to to karen strengthenyourleadership.com look at always-forward.com um send us an email uh check in with us at facebook live uh, on facebook live as well we want you to have whatever resources that we can get get to you and, uh, and relationship and prayer uh, as well. So church planters, we love you. Um, we, are, we are here for you and we will continue to walk with you um, through, through these times and beyond uh, as well. So again, thanks to Karen Miller and church planters. We, we love you and, uh, and we will be in touch soon. Thanks for listening to the Always Forward podcast. Visit us at www.always-forward.com for more resources, to submit your questions, or to interact with us. See you next time.